0: You're listening to AIB Market Talk with our latest financial market update. Hello and welcome to our weekly AIB Market Talk and Brexit update on Tuesday the 14th of January. I'm Paul Ward from our Customer Treasury Unit and I'm joined this week by AIB's Chief Economist Oliver Mangan who will discuss what seems to be very calm markets and will provide our customers with the latest views on currencies and interest rates. Ollie, our latest weekly market brief, which is available on the FX Centre website, is entitled Dead Calm. This obviously makes reference to the very passive mood we're witnessing in the financial markets at the moment. Investors seem very complacent entering 2020, as evidenced by low volatility levels. However, is this complacency possibly misplaced is the first question I'd ask you. And what is the underlying economic data telling us?
1: Well, yes, certainly markets are very becalmed at the present time. You you see stock markets had a very strong rally last year, made big gains, and have had a good start to the year. Uh, We have very tight credit spreads, uh, very low yields in bond markets everywhere, very narrow trading ranges for currencies, and very low volatility in markets. Now, I I think part of the reason for this is, um, you know, there were a lot of concerns last year that we're in the midst of a global slowdown. We could be heading for a global recession. The US expansion became the longest on record. But central banks uh, respond to that slowdown activity by easing policy, certainly the major central banks, the, the Fed in particular, also the ECB, the Bank of China, with rate cuts in places like India, Australia, New Zealand, etc. And it seems that that easing of monetary policy has led to um, markets taking the view that the prospect of further slowdown and growth or recession, uh, those prospects have diminished, and they're much more... I would say, relaxed and maybe even optimistic about the economic outlook this year. So, uh, you know, that big hand markets is against a backdrop where rates have been cut and are likely to remain very low this year uh, and increasing optimism in markets that the worst of the slowdown activity is behind us. Now, you asked me about the risks. I mean, you know, th- there have been some signs that things are improving. But you got to remember that the the slowdown was largely attributable to weakness in international trade and a contraction in manufacturing activity. And we look at those two sectors. Firstly, on the manufacturing side, I mean, we have had data PMI data for um, December, and they're weak. You know, manufacturing is continuing to contract uh, globally. And uh, in terms of international trade, both on the services and manufacturing side, there again, for the recent data, the, the monthly surveys, okay, the headline index is picked up for the Composite Index, which measures activity in services and manufacturing. But when you delve down and look at new export orders, they're still contracting, which indicates ongoing weakness in, in uh, international trade. Now, again, you know, this week, there the, there's hopes there that we might see the US and China c- you know, sign off on phase one of that trade deal. Uh, and that, again, is being taken as a positive sign by markets. But there's still scope for ongoing friction in international trade this year, possibly even between the US and the EU. And remember, the trade deal between the US and China is quite, quite limited. I mean, the tariffs that were in remain in place it's only phase one and there's a lot more work there to be done so there is this the capacity for international trade and headwinds around international trade to continue to weigh on economic activity so yeah i'm slightly concerned that i mean i'm not overly concerned about global economic prospects but the market sentiment has swung around a lot in the last six months uh, from maybe being overly worried through the summer they may be just over-relaxed at the present time. I think we still need to watch the data very, very closely in the coming months. Um, I said there are some early signs there of stabilisation, but certainly too early to sound the all-clear and say that the global economy is about to reaccelerate again.
0: If I can bring the focus just to the UK economy, Ali, you mentioned the number of central banks. uh, You mentioned the Bank of England. They are due to meet in the next couple of weeks. Uh, What's your expectation out of that? Uh, Will that follow suit to what we've seen from other central banks in 2019? And what is the likely impact for sterling? Yeah, well,
1: the Bank of England has this monetary policy meeting at the end of this month. I mean, two of the nine members of the Monetary Policy Council actually voted for immediate rate cuts at, at that November and December meetings. And there are indications that others may join them now. You know, the markets, as I say, are very relaxed. But here's the Bank of England uh, concerned about the economic outlook, even though we have now have an orderly Brexit set to occur at the end of January. But the Bank of England has pointed to two things. One is the weakness of the data in the UK economy over the course of 2019. Uh, and again, a weak finish to the year for the UK economy. And secondly, those international headwinds that we referenced in terms of the slowdown in global growth, also impacting on the the UK economy. So they didn't cut rates last year. They remained on hold to see which way Brexit would evolve. But it seems to me that they're minded uh, to cut rates fairly soon because of ongoing downside risks to growth. Now, that doesn't exactly stack with the view of the market, which is quite relaxed about global growth prospects. And the Bank of England is tying that weakness in the UK economy, not just back to Brexit, but back to those uh, weakness in the international economy.
0: And sterling then, Ollie, in terms of the view. Yeah, well,
1: sterling actually has reacted uh, to the, the the soundings coming from the Bank that that may well cut rates. So it has weakness, or sorry, it has weakened in the last uh, couple of days. Uh, as we, those who were listening to bo- podcast towards the end of last year, we, we felt that any rally in sterling in the aftermath of the UK election result would not be sustained. That's proved to be the case. We, we have two concerns for Sterling. Obviously, the Bank of Union cutting interest rates is a negative for the currency. But we're also not that relaxed about Brexit, uh, mm. unlike the markets. I mean, the markets seem to take the view that Brexit is done at the end of January and the UK will, will negotiate a trade deal uh, this year. Certainly, the strength of Sterling would suggest that. But uh, we feel that you know the trade de- talks will prove very difficult, very fractious. And there's no guarantee that we'll get a trade deal at the end of the process. I mean, Boris Johnson has ruled out an extension uh, beyond to the transition period beyond this year. Wants a deal done uh, over the course of this year. But negotiating trade deals takes time.
0: Because I see Michelle Barnier was commented last Thursday saying that it's extremely challenging to expect it to be done within the 12 months. So on that, can I ask you, Ollie, last year's range, 93 to 83p in terms of euro sterling. In your view, has anything really changed here in terms of as we look into 2020? No, we, we'd be
1: we be negative on Sterling. Uh, it's lost a bit of ground uh, in the opening part of the year. Uh, I would see downside risk for Sterling over the course of the year. I would not be surprised to see 90p revisited again at some stage this year. Not so much on the rate cut, but more around difficulties in negotiations with the EU. And as you noted there, Michelle Barney is saying, you know, if we want, uh, you know, a really deep trade deal, uh, it'll be virtually impossible to negotiate that by the end of this year, unless you're looking for something like a bare bones trade deal or no trade deal at all. In effect, a a type of hard Brexit. But we already see, you know, what that type of backed up did for Stirling last year. So I'd be concerned that there are downside risks. I'd also note as well that market position has changed i mean the market was very short sterling for much of last year then as the deal was done and we had the election those short positions were closed out so if anything the market is a bit long the currency so any bad news for sterling has the scope to send it lower
0: that's a very important point um ollie just finally in terms of euro dollar last friday we would have had the payroll slightly disappointed you might explain to our customers firstly what's the importance of the payroll figure and secondly what's your view on euro dollar
1: well, a bit like the Irish labour market data, the, the US employment report and the payrolls give a very good look at the US economy. And they're also the first set of data, real data we get in any given month. So we now have data for October, November, uh, and now December for the uh, US economy. We haven't got a GDP report yet for quarter four. Uh, and uh, we still have a lot of data gaps within the the UK or sorry the US economy so the employment report has always been followed by markets now traditionally it was a report that the Fed put a lot of emphasis on maybe not so much in more recent times but going back over the last 20-30 years because it gave such a good fairly accurate picture of the U.S. economy. The Fed and the markets followed it closely. Now, as you say, the report actually was okay. I mean, uh, we had some strong data in our labor market data in October, November. The report was slightly below expectations. But overall, I mean, the U.S. employment rate is at 3.5%. We're not going to see the continued strong growth in jobs that we've seen in recent years because we're at full employment. So the p- figure was a bit lower than I expected, but still a very solid increase in um, in employment, I think what has happened is the U.S. economy has grown by at a rate around um, 3% up until the middle of last year. That rate has slowed to around 2 which is fine in the context of full employment. Uh, and the empl- employment report is consistent with that. I would say um, the Fed is very much off the pitch this year. I mean, two factors there. One is the economy is doing reasonably okay. Uh, we've had three rate cuts and the Fed has signaled that as far as it's concerned, it's enough to keep the economy on an even, an even keel. Secondly, um, we have the election uh, in early November. And certainly as the year progresses, the last thing the Fed will want to do is uh, start moving monetary policy or moving rates in either direction just before an election. It'll want to stay off the pitch in the run-up to that election. So I think if the data hold up uh, and remain reasonably okay, uh, inflation is relatively subdued, uh, the the signals from the Fed are we're done for here. So, you know, it's it's unlikely we we'll get any change in monetary policy in the US this year. If it is, it'll be at the very end of the year. I would suggest, or we may have to wait to 2021 to see how the dust settles after the election, etc.
0: And it's probably fair to say then that that gap in interest rates between what's happening say this side of the world versus the US is probably favourable to the dollar.
1: It is, but the the dollar is at high levels now. Let's remember that for the last number of years. Uh, I would point out that last year uh, we were talking about range trading, we started off talking about range trading in markets the, the euro dollar rate was between 1.09 and one fifteen. it traded within that range for the whole of last year that is very, very very unusual to have such a narrow trading range for a whole year, normally it could move by 18, 20 cents but just a 6 cent range and as you say it's right in the heart of that range at the present time and yeah. really it's hard to see moving out of that range Um the dollar is strong at elevated levels, but U.S. rates are higher than elsewhere. square So with the central banks, I mean, the ECB is also off the pitch at the present time. Yeah. It's clearly indicated it's done, it's easing, a uh, review of policy. So with neither the Fed nor the ECB moving rates any time soon, it's hard to see what would move that currency outside of the narrow trading range we've seen for the past 12 months now.
0: Okay, many thanks, Ali, for the update. And a big thanks to our customers, colleagues and listeners for joining us for this week's podcast. To stay up to date with all the latest podcasts, please subscribe to AIB's Market Talk on the podcast apps for iOS or Android. And we'll talk to you soon. Take care. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of AIB Market Talk. Allied Irish Bank's PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. First Trust Bank is a trademark of AIB Group UK PLC